Good day and welcome to episode 41 of the Ombra Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with my best buds, Matt and Steve. How are you guys doing? It's good to see your faces. I'm doing well, and it'll be great to see your face in real life in a few days. IRL, as they say. I'm I'm really looking forward to that wedding. It'll be a good time. So shout out to our our good friend, uh, Chris and Nicole. Yes, congratulations to them. So the the context here, I'm going to Boston tomorrow very early in the morning. And then on Saturday, there's a wedding that we're both going to be at. And I'm looking forward to dancing up a storm on the dance floor. Matt, I, I'm I'm bummed you won't be there. If I had a plus one, maybe I would invite you. Oh my god, you should have. You know, that would have yeah. been fun. Well, it's exciting to see you both, but what's even more exciting is this episode of the Ombre Gaming Podcast, because we have a lot of exciting things to talk about, just like we always do. Like Grover there. It's the Super Podcast! Alright, sounds like none of us know how to do Grover's voice. <laughs> nope. <laughs> The topic of today's podcast is... Grover impressions. Are they in? (laughs) How good are they? How bad are they? The topic of today's podcast is looking back on 2018 so far and seeing how far we've come. So we're going to talk about the things that have happened this year in gaming that have sort of defined the year so far. The exciting games that have come out, some of the news pieces that have come out, the things that have been happening in the industry. We're a little past halfway through the year, so we're going to take a look back and see how things have been shaking out so far. But before we get to any of that, this room is literally disgusting because I'm still in the process of moving in. Let's keep the house. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter and at Ombra gaming on Instagram where you can follow us and keep up on all the latest from OmbraGaming.com, including funny jokes and pictures. On a similar note, you can also... Follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming, where we stream almost every single day of the week across a variety of platforms. And we have a lot of fun, including most notably, perhaps our Dungeons and Dragons campaign that we've been rocking and rolling through. It's been a lot of fun. I'm excited to jump back into it. I missed the last one because of the move, but yeah, we had like 15 viewers last time. That's pretty exciting. I'm glad people are enjoying the D&D campaign because that's a lot of fun. If you're interested in joining our D&D campaign, you can definitely do that. But first, got to join our Discord server, which you can do so through our Twitter bio. So if you want to join our amazing community that we have on Discord, a whole bunch of great people who talk about video games all day and all night, you can go ahead and do that. We would love to have you in our community. And if you're really enjoying what you're hearing, and if you really like what you're reading as well, wouldn't it be awesome if you supported us on Patreon.com slash Gaming? where every single dollar will go right back into the show and make us just the best goddamn podcast we can possibly be. Uh, We have an amazing group of Patreon supporters every single month, and their support means the world to us. So if you want to help us out, help us grow and continue to make awesome content and grow this wonderful community of ours, we would love it if you could do so by helping us out at patreon.com slash gaming. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by Nerdiest Brands. Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from designers and vendors all around the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you want some awesome nerdy gear, head over to Nerdiest Brands. That's N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S brands.com. Check out some of their rad nerdy gear. So thank you to them for sponsoring the show. So with that, the house is all clean. 
let's get on with the show. It's time for Would You Rather. Now, for those who are just joining us, or maybe those who live under a big stupid rock, Would You Rather is played by people proposing made-up scenarios and asking the contestants to choose between two situations that are equally terrible. So, Matt, why don't you kick it off with your first Would You Rather? Okay, my first Would You Rather. Would you rather have to live inside the Diablo universe for the rest of your life, or live inside the Enter the Gungeon dungeon, but have the possibility of escape? So if you were in the Diablo universe, you'd be like a villager with a trade, something like that, but you'd have to live there for the rest of your life. Or if you were in the Gungeon, you'd be a Gungeoneer, and you'd respawn if you died, until you like reach old age and died of natural causes, but you'd have <laughs> okay. to. So if you'd I have was to like del- continuously try to get out of it. If I was in the Diablo universe, could I also be like a knight or a warrior, or do I have to be like a villager? Well, you could train to be a knight. Okay, I would probably go the Diablo universe, mostly because I, there's more options for me to take advantage of. But also, most of the Diablo games are pretty easy in terms of like hack and slash point in the right direction. So like in terms of like challenge, it wouldn't be that hard. Whereas Enter the Gungeon, very challenging. Yeah, the Diablo universe is also pretty depressing though. That's true. Enter the Gungeon though, not that bright, you know. No, Steve, what about you? I think I'm going to go with Enter the Gungeon, mostly because I like the concept of trying to escape. It reminds me a lot of one of my favorite terrible sci-fi trilogies of all time, The Cube Trilogy. I don't know if anybody's seen those movies. I don't think I've seen them. They are fantastic. I'm pretty sure they're all on Netflix right now. It's Cube is the first one. Cube 2 Hypercube. That's the best one. Cube 2. Cube 2 Hypercube. Fantastic. Uh, And then the last one is Cube Zero, which is like a prequel. Uh, okay. Cube Zero, easily the weakest of the bunch. But our, our good buddy Ben is going to appreciate this little part because we spent a lot of time watching the Cube back in college. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Enter the Gungeon because it, it's reminiscent of that, you know, that little okay. challenge of escaping. All right, I'm going to go next. Okay. With my first, would you rather? Would you rather have to run one full mile whenever you wanted to save a video game or... Would you rather drink f- three full glasses of milk whenever you wanted to save in a video game? So to clarify, any video game. So like Resident Evil 4, right? For some reason that came to mind. You have to save at those typewriters and they're usually like 15, 20 to 30 minutes in between each. So you get to one, you either have to stop what you're doing, like put on workout stuff, no matter the temperature, go outside and run a mile. You can't run on a treadmill. That's a modifier. Or you, ha- or yeah, okay, fine. You can you can run on a treadmill. You still have to run a mile. Or you have to drink four. What did I say? No, you have to drink three full glasses of milk. So we're talking like eight ounce glasses. Okay, but what about games with autosave? You mean to tell me every time the game autosaves, I gotta do that? Precisely. I would just quit playing video games altogether. Not this, an option. Both of these sound we've, absolutely we've, terrible. Cl- we've we've decided that quitting video games forever I is not. Would... Only play World of Warcraft for the rest of my life. There's no save points. Yeah, like, seriously, you'd have to do this. Either way, you're going to die. Like, either way, you're going to die. I would pick the running one because the thought of having to drink three glasses of milk, like, makes me queasy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I want to vomit. 
I don't know what the I don't know how many ounces are in a gallon, but that's got to be close to like half a gallon, right? It's got to be. Uh, close. It yeah, just sounds gross. Because yeah, what is the full glass? Like, what are you talking about? That's as a eight full ounces. Glass? An eight ounce yeah, glass. Yeah, eight ounces. I'd do the running one. Whatever. Every because every game now has autosave. Like it saves as soon as you go to a new like after a cutscene autosave. As soon as you go to a yeah. new little area autosave. Autosave. You would put die it down, run a mile, way. or or look, Steve. You have the option. You can stay in the comfort of your living room or your room or whatever. No, you just is... got to drink three glasses of milk. Because <laughs> either one of those options Ew, would eventually lead gross. to your death. No, you just got to be tactical about what games you play. Eventually, your heart would just explode. You can't just keep running a mile after every save. Then only play video. If you only play video games for like an hour a day, you're probably running no more than five, six miles a day, which is fine. That's a lot of miles. Yeah. What the, what the fuck? I'm right, done. Look, I'm no done with said, this. No one said would you rather. I would quit easy. playing video games. I would. I would rather quit playing. I feel video like. Games I feel like when one of, of the contestants <laughs> defaults to I would quit games, then you, as the would you rather provider, has won. I feel like I just won if I've. Yeah, but you didn't if get I've... both of us to quit games. That's fine. I'll take one. You get half a point. That's fair. I don't. I don't know that anybody was. That was not our goal when we create these. Would you rather's to get people to quit games? All right, Steve, you're up. Okay. Would you rather have the Mario Odyssey Moon Retrieval song play every time someone gave you change, or any time you go downstairs, you have to descend down green tubes that transforms your world to eight bit until you get out of the tube slash go down the stairs. Stairs. Ten times out of ten stairs. I'll take the moon noise. People don't give me change that often, so it'd be a nice surprise to just be like, oh. That's true. I guess if you, yeah, like I don't remember the last time somebody's handed me change, but I feel like I would forget in between. Mm. But once people figure that out, what if they just start giving you like just throwing change at you? That might be unpleasant. Yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, I go up and down a lot of stairs. Just down the stairs. You don't get to go in the just tubes the when you go up the stairs. Yeah, I would. I, I think I would do tubes. It seems like a fun psychedelic experience. <laughs> yeah, that like, would really especially be if you especially if you forget. Like if you just wake up and you're going downstairs to get, say, I don't know, three glasses of milk or something to wake yourself up. And you're just like, oh, it's Saturday. It's so what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Would you rather there never be another character in a competitive esport that had crowd control abilities, or <laughs> very specific, <laughs> or <laughs> or there never be another battle royale game developed? Can, what was the first one again? Yeah, that was I so long. Lost. That was like a, that was like the iTunes fucking terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> you have, have to no hit I accept. Uh, there ne- so would you rather there never be another character that you could choose that had crowd control abilities in okay. competitive esports? So a character that could stun you or freeze you or yeah, just like, like area of effect kind of stuff. Well, but that affects your ability to move or play right. the game right okay or there just never be another battle royale game developed i mean probably another uh, battle royale yeah so that does that mean that the ones that already exist are they're, they're grandfathered in they're grandfathered in unfortunately yeah, i mean i guess i guess go with that one then there's nothing i mean wow. i don't because i don't crowd, I, con- I, crowd control is incredibly frustrating 
Yeah, but it's also very useful. It's very useful. Yeah, if you're the bitch playing the character. Oh, right. has or if you're on a team where somebody's playing it and it's helping you there out. Is, you know? there, there's layers to this one. Like, this is there like is. some deep... It's like my innermost rooted. desires. Yeah. yeah. Is... You're Why like, yeah, if you're the little bitch playing control. one. Or that genre I personally fucking hate never exists. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. Also, worth noting, I don't think Steve and I have anywhere as much against Battle Royale as you do. Oh, I know. I want to put that out to the universe. You know what? I just felt like I, I wanted to make one for me, okay? That's fair. <laughs> it was all about me. Matt's yeah. like, would you rather me be fucking president or <laughs> me be king of everything? <laughs> all right. My next would you rather goes a little something like this. <laughs> okay. Would you rather... Gilbert Gottfried voiced every character in every video game for the that rest one. of your life. That one. <laughs> for sure, that one. <laughs> or you have no audio in, in video games for the rest of Gilbert your life. Godfrey. Gilbert me, Godfrey. Give me Gilbert Godfrey. Because wow. there's so much more to... Yeah. But Music. every he character. Have to, yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't have to be talking all the time. So like, all the, like the characters that speak to each other, it's just Gilbert Gottfried speaking to Gilbert Gottfried. I'm okay with that. Okay. I honestly do not think the novelty of that would ever wear off because really? eventually you'll see some character that looks like they would never sound like Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> and then they'd start to talk and it would like be Like Ophelia funny. from yeah. Octopath Traveler. Yeah. <laughs> or if it was like Atreus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see my original or one even for this. Kratos. Boy! <laughs> my original one for this was Meowth. And then I was like, you know who kind of sounds like Meowth is Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, no, I take him. Meowth. <laughs> would take you Gilbert take Gottfried. Meowth though? Would no, you take I Meowth? I wouldn't take Meowth because they're they're different. almost identical, almost identical though. But they're not. I, I, okay. I like I said in the past episodes. Fuck Meowth. That's fair. And the rocket he rode in on. <laughs> um. All right, Steve, you're next. What's your second? Would you rather? Would you rather only be able to use the snake launcher gun from Stick Fight in any <laughs> FPS you play? And that means you have to play no. at least 100 hours of an FPS a year if you choose that option. So you can't just say, oh, yeah, I'll take that and then never mm. play an FPS. So you have to play mm-hmm. at least 100 hours of an FPS a year for that a option. A year? A year. Oh. Or play only RPG games that have permadeath. Oh. Let me do some quick math here. <laughs> quick maths. I mean, 100 hours out of a year, that's not that much. Yeah, that's eight hours a month. Well. Have fun, With buddy. only the snake gun. The snake gun. <laughs> but permadeath. I hate permadeath. I think I would do permadeath. Oh. I, I figured you would. I'd do snake gun. Wait, can you say the snake gun descriptor again? Anytime you play an FPS, you have to use the snake launcher gun. Uh, I would probably do that, actually. Because if it's only eight hours a month, I'd pick it up a couple hours a weekend and use the snake gun. If it's eight hours a whatever. month, you could do like... 20 minutes a day not even yeah like. exactly yeah i would go snake gun <laughs> so you're both taking snake gun yeah i think so all right matt what is your last would you rather i'm gonna say it right now all he's right saying i want to hear you say it stop would talking you rather... he's trying to say it you're talking and he all right say well it. i just want him to say it and he's not saying it fast enough would you rather Thank be you. a professional video game streamer but you had to stream 10 hours a day to make a stable income Five days a week. So five days a week, 10 hours a day to make that stable income. And you'd live like comfortably. So you wouldn't have to worry about taxes and normal stuff. Uh, But the only breaks you could take were for the bathroom and one lunch break. 
or be a professional ASMR streamer <laughs> and stream six hours a day, but those six hours you could only break for bathroom, and all six hours had to be ASMR content. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a good one, right? That is a very good one. So Thank for those you. who don't know, ASMR. <laughs> what does ASMR stand for? Does anybody know? Auto I have no idea. Hang on, let me look it up. All right, so ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. So it's one of those streams where people have like really fancy microphones that have like dual inputs. I'm using all the wrong terminology, I'm sure, but when you're listening to it, you hear it sort of moving in between your left ear and your right ear. And, and it's, it's all usually, like sounds that are supposed yeah. to calm you down. And it's usually like, um, it's usually folks like holding up things and and tapping on glasses and shit like that or like you know running their fingers down the bristles of a comb or some shit it's a little strange but to each their own but you got to do that and you got to talk in a really quiet voice i'm in i'm in i'm in with that let's do you're going asmr let's just go nuts let's see what happens (laughs) i have a question six hours a day of asmr for the eight hours a day as a professional streamer 10 hours a day 10, 10 hours a day. Fuck, okay. That's a lot of hours. For the 10 hours a day, are IRL streams allowed? Like, could I go, could I walk a dog and be like, hey, this is my stream? If you're a video game yeah. one? No. Okay. You have to be playing a video game. Fuck me. I mean, yeah. 10 hours a day playing video games sounds like a lot of fun, but it's 10 hours That's a day. brutal. And these bathroom and lunch breaks, I get one hour for lunch? Yeah, but that doesn't count as an hour of your stream. So if you take an hour for lunch, then... What? That's illegal. Like, yeah. if you translate that <laughs> to the workplace. Yeah, because well, that's we're not. No, yeah, well, yeah, because that wouldn't be called a lunch break, though, because a lunch break is a break from what your actual scheduled <laughs> shift is where you <laughs> yeah. don't have to do the time You're not later. working for you, an employer. The way you basically should have said it is you have to stream 10 hours a day and you can eat. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I I'm guess gonna I'll go ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. yeah. I'll get Let's creative. get nuts, you know? I guess I would just get really drunk and just be like, hey, well, how do you like the sounds of this glass? Tink, 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 tink. <laughs> All right. So we're going, we're becoming ASMR boys. That's that's what we've deduced. That's what we're deducing. Um, <laughs> All right. Is it my turn now? Yes. Okay. Would you rather... Have every game for the rest of your life be a 2D platformer, or would you rather have every game for the rest of your life be a narrative-driven, choose-your-own-adventure-style game written by David Cage? (laughs) So, like, let's say you were playing Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Then you have to play the main character of Assassin's Creed, like the new one, but instead of doing all that rad shit that you're supposed to be able to do, you're, like, going around villages and, like, selecting your own answer and doing, like, QTEs and shit. And there's, like, little to no combat. I enjoy those those silly games, but there's no way I can only play games written by David Cage. Those are nice to, like, throw in every now and then to be like, wow. Have a giggle. This is a great theory where you have this fun, innovative, you know, storytelling, but the story you're telling usually sucks. So I'm going to go with the 2D because you can still get fantastic stories in platformers. And I like I bet like Cory Barlow could write a hell of a fucking platformer game. It's true. There's a lot of really good 2D platformers. I would probably have to do 2, 2D platformer. Yeah. Because you can do some variety in there. And I feel like there's a lot of indie developers that are doing like cool things. 
Yeah, I would probably go 2D platformer as well. Because you can just get more out of it, I feel. Yeah. yeah. You know. Steve, what is your last would you rather to close out the game? Quick one for you guys. Would you rather Soulless Children Edition, Sean from Heavy Rain, or Alice from Detroit? Wait, Alice from what Detroit. What does that mean? What? They're soulless children. Like, Sean, his voice acting is so fucking bad in that game. Yeah. Like, he's just like, hey, Dad, want to go on the seesaw? Yeah. Play catch yeah. with me, Dad. <laughs> it's yeah. really... And Alice is soulless because she's an android. I would go Alice because she was at least more convincing as a human. She was. I didn't get it until... The reveal. The reveal. It was... Yeah. It was well done. Matt, do you... Matt, are you <laughs> picking one or are you just going to sit there? I... What's the question? I have just to pick which, a kid. Yeah, just to pick have? a kid. Pick which which soulless child would you rather hang out with? <laughs> oh, I don't know either of them. That's fair. But if one of them's an android, I'd rather hang out with a robot than a real kid. So, fair enough. Well, folks, that was Would You Rather. If you have any Would You Rather's that you want to run by us, let us know. Give us a call at three four seven five zero nine five six two zero, and if it's a good one, we'll play it and respond here on the podcast. Uh, always like that game. Always fun. Good good laughs all around. You know? A classic. So let's keep the show going. It is time for the topic of the podcast, which, like I stated at the beginning of the show, is a look back on 2018 so far and seeing how far we've come. So we're going to talk about some of the things that have happened in 2018 that have sort of defined the year so far. I know, especially me, I've talked a lot about, at the end of, of 2017, I talked a lot about how 2018 would stack up against it and and what kind of competition it would give 2017 for being an amazing year of games because it really was for a handful of reasons but i think 2018 has already done a lot to sort of create its own hype and it's only going up from here but we're going to start to we'll we'll at least start with the things that have already have happened and then maybe we can start talking about some of the things that are coming around the corner so let's start with steve what are some things or what's something that you think sort of defines 2018 as as a special year in gaming. I think what defines 2018 as being a special year is the fact that I don't think the best has come yet. And that's saying something because we've already mm. seen some truly fantastic games. Like we've talked about God of War a thousand times at this point, but I, I still put that as like the pinnacle of 2018 so far. But even with that, so we've seen this amazing game. It was the, the the way it was shot, how they had just the single camera following you the entire time. It was seamless transition into yeah. cutscenes. The scale of the game was magnificent. The fighting was complex and satisfying. And even with all of that, I still think it might not get game of the year because we we'll talk about this later in patch notes. But we saw the Red Dead gameplay trailer, and let me tell you that thing is already living up to the hype. Yeah. So like yeah. when I say I think 2018 is defined by the fact that I don't think we've seen the best yet is because in this back half of the year we got Spider-Man, Tomb Raider, and then we have, you know, the Call of Duty's, the Battlefields. They're they're going to get attention regardless, but of course October has Red Dead Redemption 2 and then you have Fallout 76 coming in November. So you have this right. just jam-packed second half of the year. And I think it's kind of nice because I don't feel like we had a lot in the first half um for me yeah, uh, i yeah, think my big three uh were celeste god of war and detroit become human i kind of yeah. put those as like my top three games so far this year but yeah i like where i'm at right now i'm very satisfied with what games have come out but i'm very excited for what's to come because i think that you're, you're gonna see at least 
two game of the year candidates coming out in these next couple of months and which possibly are, three which are spider-man red and red dead redemption Spider-Man 2 yeah. and possibly smash is that your last I would think Smash is going to be looked at yeah. as that just because of the sheer scope of it at this right, point. Right. Like, the amount of characters, the amount of stages, that Nintendo Direct was fantastic. Um, I like I saw some tweet, too, where they're like, do we really need this many Nintendo Directs? Like, yeah, we fucking do. Like, I want to know everything about this game. If they're, if they're going to keep feeding me information, go ahead. I'm open. Give me all the information on Smash you got. <laughs> yep. So I actually just want to sort of back up a little bit and lay some context, right? So... If we're just talking about games that have come out and games that are going to be coming out, let's look at 2017 real quick. Here's a quick rundown of not obviously all of the games that came out last year, but there are some serious games that came out in 2017, which I think is going to remind ourselves about. Fortnite, Horizon Zero Dawn, Breath of the Wild, PUBG, Destiny 2, um, Super Mario Odyssey, Resident Evil 7, Cuphead, Battlefront 2, um, Wolfenstein 2, Prey, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, mm-hmm. Uncharted, mm-hmm. For Honor, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. There, there's so much there um, that came out in 2017, and I think we need to remind ourselves of how fucking huge 2017 was in gaming. Also, didn't the Switch come out in 2017 as well? So, like, it's almost difficult to compare any year to a year where a massively successful console slash handheld came out. Like, it's such an outlier, right? I wasn't really comparing it to 2017. I was just saying what I think so far defines 2018 is that the best is yet to come. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's true. And And I do think that's kind of similar to last year in the sense that a lot of games came out in the second half of the year. Um, I think that's a marketing strategy. Right, right. And I think especially with the Nintendo Switch, obviously around the holiday season, I think that the Switch really found its stride in the second half of the year as well. Matt, what about you? What do you, what do you think? How is 2018 sort of looking to you so far? Well, I guess I have a few thoughts. Yeah. Not being, not meaning that any of them is like the most important or this is what defines X, Y, Z. I just have some thoughts that I want to share. Yeah. I think one, (laughs) one is like the rise of streaming think streaming's now more popular than it has ever been and with not just like hardcore gamers but also with like i don't know casual folks that maybe just want to see what like oh well what's twitch what are these people doing like with ninja becoming like extremely popular and that trickling down to other streamers and just like the awareness of the platform i think that's something that we have to acknowledge has happened in 2018 I think, I mean, there were great indie games in 2017, but I, I think indie games are also on the rise uh, in terms of, like, popularity and awareness and just, like, being out there for people to purchase and people to seriously purchase. Uh, and I don't think those will go away anytime soon. And I guess I also wanted to mention that I think... So this was my more specific thing that I wanted to talk about sure. in 2018 is that I think we're really seeing a renaissance of Blizzard. You have StarCraft coming back into popularity and they've done a lot of work to like push that as an eSport. You have Overwatch, which is massive and huge. Um, they just had the finals literally next door to me. You have Battle for Azeroth coming out next week and like whoever thought we'd still be like talking about World of Warcraft and like popular gaming to this day and we are. And then you just have an announcement like yesterday that they are working on new Diablo stuff, not just like an expansion pack, but like 
other things in the Diablo universe, which could be anything. So, I don't know. I think you they have, like, a lot of momentum as a developer right now and, like, have a few games that are just, like, massive in the industry. And so it'll be, I don't know, really exciting to see what those Diablo announcements are, how Battle for Azeroth does as a as a video game those are just my thoughts yeah i think especially the blizzard thing is really interesting i mean i'm only really most i'm i'm closest to overwatch and when you look back on the mercy skin stuff that they did when they you know gave a bunch of money to breast cancer research through this through the selling of skins and and the t-shirts as well i think blizzard has like anchored itself in the conversation of gaming in a way that it hasn't in the past um, and in a way that not a lot of developers are able to Um, and so I think that's really interesting and especially with the Overwatch League I mean like you look at the amazing success that it was you know maybe not entirely financially because from what I understand they did undersell tickets and stuff like that but just in terms of like the narrative around competitive video gaming is fucking amazing what they were able to accomplish like I was walking down the street in DC and I saw a bar playing it in the window and I popped in and every TV in the bar was playing the overwatch league. So it's just, it's just cemented itself as such a part of the conversation and narrative about video games this year, which is awesome. Mine are, are sort of similar to Steve. I mean, if I, especially for PlayStation folks, you know, you look at God of war as just this shining beacon of video gaming in 2018, which is awesome. Um, my, I guess top three if we're if we're doing that, Steve. Uh, is... We don't have to. I just I just did right. That. No, I take away his. Right. No, and and but you you sort of got my gears turning, and I think for me it would be I God do of love War. Turning your gears. <laughs> You're good at it too. Uh, for me, it would be God of War, Monster Hunter World, and Octopath. Those games are really moving the needle. I mean, obviously, God of War. There's no, there's nothing that can be said that hasn't been said before about its success and the way it has shaped what video games are and i think most importantly what they have they, they've shaped like what we expect from video games now which is not easy to do and and not a lot of video games do that monster hunter world being capcom's fastest selling game ever 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 that's insane um and like really being the first monster hunter that cracks the code of success in the west i think that's huge and i think that's really awesome what it accomplished but also i think like aside from the games because you know, the games that have come out are great and the games that are going to be coming out this year are huge and, and hopefully will be really great. But I think just the conversations that have been happening and the changes that we've been seeing in the industry, whether it's all the drama around loot boxes and the legislation that's being passed around loot boxes or the conversations about culture in video games and combating misogyny and like protecting people and protecting consumers. Like these are things that haven't happened before on this scale, you know? And so I think it's really special that we are having these conversations about listening to consumers, listening to gamers, responding accordingly. And I think the, the sense of community around gaming is as strong as it has ever been. And I think that's that's uniquely 2018. I think it's it, we're reaching this really awesome place in video gaming where we can have a dialogue with studios and developers and publishers. We can have a very intimate dialogue with these with these organizations and understand games in a way that we haven't been able to in the past and so that's super super exciting i mean you know i'm reminded sort of by reese that there are a lot of shitty things happening in games and i think that's notable too and i think we have to realize that's happening as well but i also i think what's more important and i think what's 
what's the more powerful thing in gaming is how we're combating those shitty things, right? So it's just exciting. I think like video games have become such a part of popular culture and society in general, like especially with GTA 5 becoming the most financially successful piece of media ever. Like that's insane. So like video games have just, and you're right, Matt, about streaming, like Drake is streaming and, and Ninja and like there's streamers being interviewed on fucking NBC and shit. So like, it's just, it's become such a part of just the social conversations we have, which is crazy to think that this is where we are now. I also think we should mention that the the conversation happening around how women are treated in the video game community and by their employers who are video game companies has also come to the forefront in the conversation in just the video game world. And I think that's important. And uh, there's bad examples of that happening, like at ArenaNet, there's more bad examples of that happening like at riot but i am glad that reporting around it from like kotaku and other websites i feel like the reporting has been really good and has been like really has had integrity and it's just nice that like all that stuff obviously sucks fuck ton but like to have really good journalists bringing that up and being like yo this is this shit is fucked up and we as a community need to own it and like call out other people that behave this way even if those are like our employers or our fellow employees i think that's important and that's sort of been a theme this year too yeah and we had talked about that um, back when we did our toxicity in gaming uh, episode and you are right it's it definitely seems like it's been more uh, prevalent this year. It's probably just because things have been happening over the past couple of months, so right. it's all fresh in the memory. But it's a huge positive because we've talked about this before where the toxicity is always going to be around. Whenever you're dealing with people on the internet because people have the ability to be anonymous so they feel like they can get away with certain things. So you're never going to avoid it, and it's not like you can just be like, oh, whatever, you can ignore it. You can ignore it as best you can, but I'm sure at some point someone will say something that will upset you. Um, but what we're seeing now is those people who find the negativity when Battlefield's like, hey, we're going to have a female character, and they start off you know, flying <laughs> off right. the handle, talking about <laughs> realism and all that shit, those people <laughs> are the very vocal minority. And now what you're seeing is more and more people in the games community put those assholes out in the public and be like, this is not how you act. Right. Don't be this idiot, because look at how stupid they look just by saying... I don't want a female in a video game about war. Like, right. Including, including developers and publishers. I mean, if yeah. you look at what happened to siege, I mean, they, um, they implemented something that bans and, or well starts with a suspension. And then I think eventually converts to a ban. I could be wrong on that. And someone let me know if I am, but basically, uh, Ubisoft implemented something that suspends, uh, players who use, uh, use like homophobic and racist language. Um, and somebody tweeted at them like, oh, I'm never going to play this game again. What the hell, Ubisoft, blah, blah, blah. And Siege responded on Twitter like, good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's become, again, it's like we can have these conversations. And like, yeah, you're right, Steve. Like even studios can call out these assholes, which is incredible and I think really awesome and very 2018. And that's why, as Matt had mentioned it, the ArenaNet thing is a terrible example of right. how poorly things could go. Well, I guess it's actually then a good example of how, poor, how poorly things could go. But yeah, that's one of those situations where the company doesn't have 
you know, the back of their employees and they literally let an angry internet mob determine the fate of two employees. So, right. I mean, it's another one of those things where you take the good with the bad, but it definitely seems like everybody, when the ArenaNet thing happened, everyone was pretty much like, eee, can't believe you guys right, made that shocking. choice. Yeah. So it definitely seems like more game companies would be willing to be like, hey, let's take the side of our employees who we know and who we work with and who we have a level of trust with over the opinions of a few crazy people on the internet right right yep so i'd say that's a trend too i I do have a question to pose to you guys even with everything that's about to come out this year do you think 2018 will actually compare to 2017 or you think 2017 is still gonna leg up i think 2017 has a leg up i think if anthem came out this year then we'd be at the same level but it's not so we're not are you talking about like like releases wise yes yeah i think 2017 has a leg up i don't know if 2017 can be beat just because of the sheer volume of like super heavy hitters that came out and then and then of course i mean like not a game but the switch like the switch is just yeah, the it console, has shattered right? the gaming world you know and and i think it's hard to it's hard to to beat that i think 2018 has a shitload of hype i think there's a lot of hype around like the spider-mans the red deads the god of wars and then in, like bleeding into next year so i think if there's like a hypo meter i think 2018 would have 2017 beat um but in terms of like actual games that are coming out this calendar year i think 2017 has a little bit of an edge like i think if you consider fortnite PUBG, the nintendo switch breath of the wild and odyssey alone i think those ga- those releases alone beat 2018 tbh you know what do, what do you think, Steve? I mean, it probably won't compare just because there were a lot more releases in 2017. But, oh, man, it's, it's really, really tough because I think, and of course, I mean, these games could come out and be total duds. But I really think Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption 2 are going to be just huge I don't even like I don't even know I can't even describe it as just like huge experience, huge game. Like, it, like everything about these games looks absolutely amazing. So... The open world environment, the fact that Red Dead, because we'll talk about this in patch notes, but like the the way Red Dead looks and plays, it looks like it's a totally different company. It doesn't even look yeah. like anything that Grand Theft Auto was. It looks nothing like the old Red Dead because there's so much more depth thrown into it. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we're going to get these two games that are going to knock people's socks off where... We had a handful of those last year. Like I loved Mario Odyssey, but in terms of if I were to put that on a list of like my top five games over the past two years, if Spider Man and Red Dead Redemption Two go like I think they're gonna go, I don't even think it'd make my top five. I see that, but I, also, I mean, I think we do have to consider the fact that Spider Man is a PS4 exclusive, which I know is a cheap card to play, but that's segmenting a shitload of the gaming population. Sure, except. 80, at least 80 million people own PS4, so right, right. <laughs> I think there's going to be some people playing it. Yeah. No, you're you're right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is it is hard to, to project, for sure. It's just a good time to be alive. Um, I think it 2017 sure will probably get the tip of the cap, regardless, just because it had a lot more, and it had different experiences. Like you had mentioned earlier, Hellblade. That's just a completely unique experience. No one had ever played right. anything like that. Now on VR, which is fucking sweet. That might freak me out. You know, only time will tell, as they say. But you're right. It's a great time to be alive. The world, it's so hot out. We've murdered the planet. The planet's dying. The planet is just (laughs) fucking trash right now.
We've, we've really, we really fucked it, up. it guys. <laughs> so, yeah, those are our thoughts on sort of the state of gaming and where we are right now in 2018. It's going to be an interesting next couple of months. I think I think Dark Souls on the Switch is going to take game of the year for the next five years. And That's that'll a be stupid that. thing to say. If you have any thoughts, definitely let us know. I would love to hear what you think about where we are in video gaming right now. But let's keep the show going. It's time for the segment where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Patch Notes. For Patch Notes 8.09.18, Steve, why don't you kick it off? What do you have for news? Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer went live today. Gameplay trailer, that is. And it was fantastic. So I have uh, some notes on it that I took. Just going to run down here. We can have a little discussion. The fighting looks amazingly improved. It isn't just like the the random just like punching. There's actually like grappling. So it looks like they actually added some complexity to fighting, which looks fun. Gunplay is still very fluid. There's more uh, realism added to it. They have recoil and the reload styles are true to what gun type it would be. The Deadeye system returns, which I was yeah. a big fan of in Red Dead Redemption. So I'm glad to see that's back. I imagine there will be some improvements. They, they showed it. It looked very similar, but... We'll see if there's any little additions they threw in. There's a camp aspect. So every time Arthur Morgan and Dutch's gang gets basically flushed out of an area, they have to move somewhere and set up a new base camp. And if you go hunting or if you do like supply runs and things like that, it increases the morale of the camp, which helps. And I think they might be taking a small little piece out of the God of War playbook where there was a the narrator in the trailer emphasized that you're going to learn about each member of the Vanderlyn gang. And that goes with, you know, sitting down with them at the camp, playing cards with them. They just start telling you stories. So I wonder if maybe they'll do maybe a little bit less cutscenes and just use the actual background characters, help fill in that narrative, which I think would be a nice touch. It makes the world yeah. feel a lot more lived in. Speaking of lived in worlds, it seems like you can interact with just about, everybody i mean obviously i'm saying that watching a six minute trailer so that's probably hyperbole but he was interacting with a lot of just random strangers it looked like and depending on what you choose in those actions will kind of change how arthur morgan's viewed just like in the original red dead where you can either be good or bad we all know kind of that trope it happens a lot in games but they've added like dialogue choices so you can basically if you run into a stranger robbing somebody on the road you can choose to intervene you can just go on your way or you can try to persuade them to stop doing what they're doing so they've added like actual dialogue choices which is pretty neat i will say the hunting looks a little bit different in the sense that in the red dead redemption game you could pretty much skin and kill any animal you wanted you can carry as many pelts and meats as you wanted at a time from what I've shown, it looks like they're actually killing the animal and carrying the carcass either on their shoulder or putting it on the horse. So that makes me think that it might be a carry limit, which will, again, just add to the realism of it. And I think that'll probably force people, obviously without knowing what their carry system is and you know right. all that type of stuff, I think that might end up forcing people to try to go out and experience the world, which looks and sounds absolutely massive. So everyone was saying like, oh, you know, the trailers were cool, but I didn't see any gameplay. I didn't see any gameplay. Well, guess what, people? Now we saw gameplay and it looks fucking amazing. So get me to October 26th. Get me Red Dead Redemption 2 so I can literally throw a month of my life away into that game. 
It looks yeah. so good. Yeah, it does look really impressive. I'm rewatching some of it right now, actually. And, like, good golly. I mean, the colors, the depth of... Good golly! Golly gee. Everything about the game just seems... It, it reminds me a lot of God of War. I think, like, the color palettes are a little bit different because this is a lot of, like, reds and browns and sunsets and western-y type vibes. But, yeah, I mean, it looks absolutely beautiful. It definitely looks really fluid. I think that was, like, one of my biggest concerns was, like, the fluidity, especially coming out of, like, the combat and shooting of GTA V, which is uh, dumpster fire, IMO, in my opinion. This looks like a really interesting cross between, like, Horizon Zero Dawn fluidity mixed with, like, the, the presence of God of War, which is an interesting balance to strike in a Western Oh, the relationship with the horse. You, like, yeah. your horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, like, have a good relationship with your horse because it'll react erratically right, during right. firefights. If you're if you, if you yeah. you're not uh, comfortable with it, if you fire or go the wrong way, it'll, like, kick you right off. And then what are you going to do? You don't get a horse. You, you don't have a horse fight. anymore. It looks really, really beautiful, especially in, in combat. So uh, I'm way, way more excited than I was before for it. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a busy fall. Matt, why don't you go next? What do you have for news? Hot off the presses. This is from Wired by Julie Muncy. Discord's not just for chat anymore. It's for buying games too. Discord announced... This is not a quote. I'm not reading it anymore. Discord announced that they would start selling games through their app, which would then be in direct competition with Steam, which is really cool because steam's ux is garbage and i have mixed feelings on valve's company anyway but quoting the article now the store uh, the one on discord set to open later this year will offer a hand-picked selection of indie games including first on discord titles that will be exclusive to the platform for a period of time uh, if it sounds like discord won't be able to rival larger game delivery services like steam in scale or scope you're right the point here isn't size its centrality, which I think Julie Muncie is getting extremely right. All gaming communities are on Discord. Is there a gaming community that chats every day on Steam? Maybe, but it would be in the vast minority. So, like, having Discord open all day on, like, my phone or on my work computer or something, and then just having the games right there, too, with, like, oh, here's a new deal, here's a free game... That's what they're going to do. They're going to offer these free games. They're going to offer some small indie games. Then developers are just going to start coming to them with larger and larger games. And then they'll be a main competitor to Steam. I mean, Steam's chat service sucks. Steam's voice chat service sucks. Steam's UX sucks. Yeah, anytime I go to do voice chat, I use Discord. I don't use Steam. (laughs) Exactly. Steam's friending system Sucks. I actually do like, all of my important work-related business phone calls on Steam. So <laughs> this is like a Discord power play, and I am I'm here for it. Good for them. They've created a like a pretty solid product, and I wish them more success. It's going to be interesting to see like what kind of impact that has um, on the indie game scene. But like whatever, I think it's just going to make Steam. I mean, I think it's just going to make Discord more valuable and cherished and loved. So fucking cool, you know. Um, good on good on them for for continuing to like service their users. Um, so I'm gonna wrap it up. So first, what what I originally was gonna talk about is the Smash Bros. Direct from Nintendo. Really awesome stuff. Uh, it just came out I think yesterday, as of the time that we recorded this. Um, I'm just gonna read a little bit about it from Polygon here. 
During today's Super Smash Brothers-centric Nintendo Direct, the company announced two new characters, including Simon Belmont and his Echo Fighter, Richter, before ending the presentation with King K. Rule, Donkey Kong, uh, King K. Rule being a villain from Donkey Kong Country, which I'm a huge fan of. Oh, also Dark Samus uh, is introduced as well, which is really exciting. Oh, that Dark uh, so Suit was awesome. Great stuff coming out of Smash. It's going to be fantastic. Also worth noting, there were two chairs. I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I... Saw this in a Polygon article as well. There were two chairs behind Sakurai during the Nintendo Direct. And those chairs, would you uh, take a guess about what color they were? Mr. Game & Watch. They were purple. They were light green, hinting (gasps) at an introduction of our good friend Waluigi. So these two chairs, like very, once you notice them, you gotta, you, you just, you can't. You can't get them out of your head. Like they're, they seem to be very obviously placed. I think people would orgasm if Waluigi was in this game. I think so too. So what a lot is of cool the shit. Big fucking deal about Waluigi. Like I genuinely don't get it. I mean, I think it's just it's more of like a meme. It's just a meme at, at this, this point. point. Yeah. yeah. It, like it's a meme, Steve. Okay. <laughs> he was introduced in Mario Tennis because they just needed another character to like match up with Wario being mario's villain so they yeah. needed like a tall lanky villain for for luigi so like he's not even that like huge in the lore of mario he's just like a fill-in but yeah no, he seems fucking useless the internet's fucking weird man uh but anyway that's not what i want to talk about what i do want to talk about is coming out of ign um and it is the what do i want to call it it is the drama surrounding philip Mewson from uh ign and his dead cells review so let me read a little bit from a Kotaku article. This is coming from Jason Schreier. The gaming site IGN has removed a review for the game Dead Cells after allegations surfaced yesterday that the reviewer's writer had plagiarized from a small YouTube channel. As a group of writers and creators who ta- who value our own work and that of others in our field, the editorial staff of IGN takes plagiarism very seriously, reads a, na- a note now in place of the review, which was written by IGN Nintendo editor Philip Mewson. In light of concerns that have been raised about our Dead Cells review, we're moving it for the time being and are investigating. So that was the original comment put out by IGN. So then an update later that day. So this is all coming out two days ago. So we're recording this on a Thursday. This is all coming out Tuesday of this week. Um, an update later that night says IGN has let go of Mewson writing a statement that it plans to re-review Dead Cells. Uh, it says we apologize to our readers, develop, developer Motion Twin, and most especially the YouTuber known under... Uh, boomstick gaming for failing to uphold those standards the outlet said so long story short there was a smaller youtube channel now not so small which is a silver lining wonderful thing coming out of this whole debacle but uh there was a smaller youtube channel boomstick gaming who put up a review of dead cells and he after the ign review that was done by philip Mewson came out there was another video put up by Boomstick Gaming that essentially did a side-by-side comparison. And at first, you kind of look at it, and you're hearing the, the similarities, and you're like, okay, they're talking about the same game. They're both obviously very into it, similar word choice, whatever. And then it starts to get into the realm of exact sentence structure, mm-hmm. I, you know, copying, which is really unfortunate and shitty and um, is is not great for the industry as a whole and especially for games journalists and especially for IGN and probably most especially for Boomstick Gaming. So I, I just want to, well, you know, I, I was going to read some of the side-by-side stuff that's basically identical. I don't want to get like too into it, but it's clear that there was some shitty behavior involved. Um, 
I think for me, it's just, it's unbelievable that Philip Mewson thought this would fly. Like that's the biggest part for me is, I mean, like what he did was shitty and it's a total fuck up and it's a huge disrespect to Boomstick Gaming and it's a huge disrespect to video games journalists and a huge disrespect to IGN. But what's insane is that he think it wouldn't, or he think that it would fly and he think that he wouldn't get caught. It's almost like, did he not expect anybody to read the IGN review? Like Right. Or did he not expect anybody to Google Dead Cells review and watch the first five videos? Like, that is very normal gaming behavior. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of discourse on Twitter, on Reddit. There's been a lot of, you know, articles written about it. And a lot of people are going after IGN. Well, that's unfair. I feel like they've handled this as, as well as they possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I get it. Like, they're the leading name in video games reviews and journalism right now um just in terms of sheer impressions and volume and size they get a lot of eyes on them all the time there is no way it is impossible for them to catch something like this every single time 10 times out of 10 before it gets published i realize like it got published and that shouldn't have happened for sure but at the same time, it would take IGN, it would require them to watch all of the video reviews of every game and compare it to what they have. I'm sure there are tools that can, you know, crawlers that scrape the internet and spit back transcripts and you can see similarities just like teachers and professors do, etc. But I, I, I personally, I don't, I'm not placing all this blame on IGN for letting this out of the gate. I'm placing all this blame on Philip Mewson because that's just, it's really unfortunate what he did and just super disrespectful. I highly doubt he'll ever get a job in games journalism again well, or any games yeah. media. So he, I mean, the only person he really harms in this situation is himself because right. IGN will recover no problem. Because like I said, I really do believe they handled it as best as they possibly yeah. could. The only other thing that they should probably do is maybe just give Boomstick a job because right pretty obvious his review was good enough for ign so you might as well give him the job yeah <laughs> like if you let yeah. his words basically live on your website under the name philip Mewson, right and you might as well let the words live under uh what his actual name would be I, I don't know what his actual name is but same yeah but yeah i mean it is unfortunate i i don't think he's you know he's ruined his career probably there's been like yeah. a lot of they sh- fired him the day after right day of night of yeah there's been a lot of awful, awful things being said about this dude. Like, unnecessary. He lost his job. He paid the price. You know what I mean? Like, fucking cool it kind of thing. Um, but, right, and that's the internet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. That, and I was listening to KFG uh, earlier today. Um, I was listening to yesterday's episode, actually. And Gary Widow was like, I want to hear what he has to say. And, and I'm right there with him. Like, that's my most... Like, that's what I want to hear the most. I'm most interested in that right now. And as of now, nothing has come out from Philip Mewson as of recording, which is like, you know, Thursday night at 8.45 p.m. We haven't heard anything. Actually, the last thing on his Twitter is him tweeting about the review he did. Um, So I would love to hear what he has to say about himself. Not in like a pariah, like shame bell kind of way. I just want to, I'm confused. Yeah, what's the thought process? Exactly. Why, Why do it? exactly and like you know this hurts everybody this hurts us in a way you know like we put out reviews and we put out content and we want to be original and and of course like in the beginning like i said in the beginning of of this of me talking about this news topic like there's a lot of shared language in video game reviews especially but just in video gaming culture in general but everybody strives to be original and everybody strives to be genuine so yeah i think one of my one of the weird things that i take away from it is like a review is so personal because yeah. you're reviewing it based off of your 
own opinions on the game right. and experience with it. So I don't know. It's just a it's a weird thing to try to plagiarize using that. Like yeah. I th- anytime I try to write, and again, I'm not writing like those guys are writing. They're writing multiple articles a day for the most part. But like when we write, sometimes I don't know what to write about and I have no idea how to get started. But when it comes to a review, that's easy for me. You know, right. while, when you're playing the game, you're taking notes, you're, you're taking whether it be written down or mental notes, you're constantly figuring out how you're going to kind of structure this review. And then when it comes time to actually write it, it's basically you just like exploding all of your thoughts on this one particular game on a piece of paper and then trying to organize them. But yeah, I it's just a weird one to plagiarize. <laughs> and and he is the Nintendo editor for, pardon me, he was the Nintendo editor for IGN. And he was most recently added to the cast of the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast, um, which had people like, you know, Brian Altano that's on so it as weird. well. Um, but so that's why I'd love to hear what he has to say as well. Just same. because, you know... Maybe who knows? Maybe some shit's going on in his life, and yeah. he's just like, I, I can't write this or whatever. I have a deadline to hit. Who knows? I mean, I'm not trying to, like, give this guy an olive branch because I'm just pointing out the fact that we know nothing about this guy other than the fact that he wrote for IGN, did those podcasts, and then plagiarized this article. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it 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 does suck, but he definitely has taken his punishment. Like we've said, he's probably never going to work in games media again. So. Yeah. He I think uh, certainly piling on is is a little rough. Yep. So uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. Hopefully, we'll hear some more. And and sort of, I think everybody's kind of looking for some kind of closure. And I think most specifically, looking for a response from Philip. So we'll see. Well, folks, that was Patch Notes eight point oh nine point one eight, where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Now, before we close it out, we do like to give a shout out to a member of our community who has been doing some rad shit and being awesome. And this week's community shout out goes to our friend Fire Sofiso, commonly mistaken as Fires of ISO, but I have confirmation that it's Fire Sofiso, a good friend of ours. Uh, I watched his streams way back when he was playing Dark Souls, I think like a year and a half ago, and he watched some of my streams as well. And then he took a break from streaming. He focused on his on, on a job search, I believe. And uh, he's a web developer now. And he came back to streaming. He did some D&D stuff. He's awesome. So go check him out at twitch.tv slash firesofiso. He recently joined our Discord. And we are sure fucking glad he did. We're happy to have you, bud. Uh, hopefully, when I find myself on the, on the West Coast, we'll cross paths soon. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for hanging out on our Discord. And, and keep on being awesome. We love you. So with that, folks, that was episode 41 of the Umber Gaming Podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. If you did, it would mean a whole bunch if you headed over to patreon.com slash Gaming and help us grow. Throw us a buck or two, because it would go a really long way and make us just be the best goddamn podcast we can possibly be. So with that, folks, as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and did you know what? We'll talk to you very soon. Okay, Google, set timer for 45 minutes. Okay, Google, set timer for 45 minutes. You sound like an old person, Matt. Okay, Google, Facebook, my grandson.